Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. Joining me on today's show to get you ready for UFC 247, headlined by Johnny Bones Jones, is Brian Edwards. But first, I want to tell a story about my relationship with the UFC and why I like it. And I go back all the way to UFC 1. I'm just a little lowercase g teenager. I'm chilling with my friends in their basement in Pittsburgh, and we're just playing, playing like guys do. And at the time, we loved the WWF. We'd always do moves on each other on the couch or in the pool. And at the time, renting a pay-per-view was a big deal back then. Getting the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania cost 50 bucks, which was half the price of a Nintendo to put things into perspective. Since we are already highly active kids, when we heard about this thing called the Ultimate Fighting Championship, we were immediately hooked. Guys, no holds barred fighting in a ring, sign us up. Thankfully for me, my friend had air quotes cool parents who didn't care if we watched this stuff so we were always going over to his house to watch it and i remember watching ufc one and immediately we were hooked our wwf style moves quickly evolved as we watched the subsequent ufc pay-per-views we'd even do our own version of a royal rumble or a battle royale where four or six of us would essentially try and submit each other using the back of a couch as the ring to close things off. So at that time, all we could do was grapple and attempt to choke each other out. And that's exactly what we would do. And you would get to a point where it'd be like two on one and it's just two people jumping on one, trying to choke each other out. And from this, I remember the days of Ken Shamrock and Hoist Gracie and Dan the Beast Severn. And I remember how good Hoist Gracie was on the ground. I also remember how boring his fights could be because he was like a boa constrictor. Once he got a hold of you, he would not let you out of his grasp. As the UFC matured, new fighters took my eye. The Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz's, and Matt Hughes's of the world. Uh, I also enjoyed watching the first Ultimate Fighter, the Forrest Griffin versus Stefan Bonner bout that catapulted the UFC into a whole new level. I also remember the Sugar Rashad Evans era, Loyola Machida and Rampage Jackson. Then a guy named Anderson Silva came along and absolutely destroyed everyone. He became the best pound for pound fighter I'd ever seen. He was equal parts incredible and unpredictable. That is, until he stopped caring about putting on a good show and his fights became boring. Then he started to showboat, and the end of his run wasn't so pretty. Then a guy named Johnny Bones Jones came along, and holy smokes, Batman. This dude was the truth. He was unorthodox, had vicious strikes, as one of the most exciting fighters to watch. He instantly became one of my favorite fighters, a can't-miss event. When you're at the level of Johnny Bones Jones, your standard is excellence. Anything other than that is seen as a loss. God forbid if he actually lost and was seen as a human. But that's the beauty of the UFC. Every fight is one punch away from ending, regardless of who you are. The best of the best have all been caught. 
When it comes to betting, though, figuring out if that's this fight is what the challenge is. To quote one of my favorite lines from The Wire, you come at the king, you best not miss. Right now, Bones Jones is the king. If you want to bet against him, you best not miss. From our friends at Covers Experts, here's an exclusive offer for the Sharp 600 listeners only. Get 25% off any Covers Experts product when you use promo code SHARP25. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Save a little money and follow the pros all the way to the bank. Again, that's SHARP25 for 25% off any product. Break yourself, fool! Joining me to help you be a more informed better about UFC 247 is Brian Edwards, VegasInsider.com, senior handicapper. You can follow him on Twitter at VegasBEdwards. Brian, great to have you back on the show. What's going on, Rob? Thanks for having me. So we've got the big Johnny Bones Jones fight on this card. But the first thing that was on my mind was how does Connor finishing Cowboy in under one minute so early affect the public perception of this fight and or high notable favorites? Well, um, you know, I could see with Connor, you know, blasting his way to victory in 40 seconds and it seemingly was over before that. You know, I could see where people are going to think Jones is going to cruise here. And until somebody beats Jones, I think it's fair to have that thought process. However, uh, Cowboy was coming off two losses where he had gotten beaten up pretty good. And Dominic Reyes is undefeated. Um, he's 12-0 and overall. He's 6-0 and in the UFC uh, with five of those wins. Uh, coming by finish, and he's coming off his best performance, uh, beating the former middleweight champ Chris Weidman in a minute and 43 seconds. He's a very athletic guy. He played uh, – he was actually a, a team captain, played at the FCS level, but played college football at Stony Brook, has transitioned to MMA. He's one of the few Jones opponents that really does have the same size as he does, at least from a height standpoint. Really, the only guys that Jones has faced with the same height were Alexander uh, Gustafson, which he, which he beat twice. But one of them was certainly the toughest fight of his career, without question. The only time Jones had to go to the hospital afterward. And the other one uh, was over at St. Prue, and Jones won that by decision. So, look, I think Jones probably wins. I mean, obviously, he's – never lost. I mean, the only loss on his record was from a controversial 12-6 uh, to 6 elbow, which was a bunch of nonsense. But I think he is in for a dogfight in this one. I think Reyes uh, poses some problems with his size. And, you know, I'm not going to say he's a better striker because Jones has so much reach with his kicks. But just from a boxing standpoint, he might be a little better than Jones, or at least on the same level. So, um now, with people including Jones and Parlays, um, and he probably wins, but I don't think this is going to be some first-round finish or some easy walk in the park for Johnny Bones Jones. 
So to add some more context to this, Johnny Bones Jones minus 430, Dominic Reyes plus 340 on the money line. And Reyes does have knockout power, knocking out Chris Weidman in under two minutes in his last fight. I think one of the big challenges for Reyes, though, is he's young. He hasn't faced anyone like Johnny Bones Jones. And to take this to the next level, main event experience for Johnny Bones Jones. Welcome to another day in the life of him. And for Reyes, this is the biggest fight of his career. So now we can say, all right, even if this fight is close, let's look at the fourth and fifth round. Is Reyes' cardio going to be there? Because we know Jones, he can certainly do this. And another thing that you mentioned, reach. Johnny Bones Jones, seven-inch reach advantage. And with as good of a striker as he is, man, that's a tough thing to overcome. Yeah, and, you know, you bring up where Reyes' conditioning will be, and so I think we should point out, but this also demonstrates what a killer he is with his power, although this is a huge step up in competition, but nine of his 12 fights uh, have ended in round one. So now he has gone the distance uh, three times, but that was only three-round fights. So if we do get to the championship rounds, a fourth round, that will be as far as he's ever been in his career. And Jones has gone the five-round distance many times, has been into those deep waters, and we know he has the cardio for it. And more often than not, he was partying really hard when he still went five rounds. And it, I'm not completely convinced he's not drinking a few beers and maybe smoking some weed, but I'm pretty sure he's not partying hard, hard the way he used to. So I would think he's in better condition than many of his previous fights. I'm curious how you handicap an all-time fighter, someone like him who hasn't lost. And especially if we don't see them lose, and I think the thing that first comes to my mind is Anderson Silva. When we remember the run that he was on, it's like until you see Superman's kryptonite and he's on the ground, you're like, holy crap, Anderson Silva just got caught. Like, how do you handicap it? Because at this point, we're all trying to create a narrative for why it's not going to happen. And more importantly, why Jones won't continue to win. The same way when we look at the Cowboy versus Connor fight, everyone's like, oh, here comes Connor, and you're creating whatever narrative it is. And, oh, Cowboy, man, he could trade and all this. And then all of a sudden, it's over in a minute. And you're like, well, wait a second. What did we not see here? So how, how do you – cap against someone who's got a relatively unblemished record up until this point. Rob, I remember when Weidman and Anderson fought, and I remember my headline was, will Father Time finally catch Anderson Silva tonight? And I, I'm not looking at it right now, but I, I believe he was about 38-ish when, when Weidman beat him. And you know, we, we go into that fight. We don't, we're not here for that. But, you know, it was more, I think, Anderson, A, he was screwing around in that fight, and that's when he got caught. But um, he was getting up there in age. You know, Jones is still 32. And let's also remember Jones missed a lot of his prime, or I guess he's still in his prime, um, with all the various suspensions. So he didn't, you know, fight. I mean, he had a couple of times where he was out like a year and a half. So, um I don't think that father time would be the, the issue here where it might have been the case with Anderson a little bit with Weidman. I don't think father time is in play here. Now, Weidman was an undefeated fighter with all kind of devastating first-round finishes, and Reyes is in that category as well. Um, I just don't think that Jones is ready to get beat yet. Um, it's going to happen at some point. 
But I, I don't – and, look, I, I do think it's going to be a dog fight. This is going to be one of his tougher fights. Look, his only tough fights have really been Gustafson, both Cormier fights, and, and then the last one, Tiago Alves. Um, so, but I think he's going to have one, you know, one of his tougher fights, but I just don't see him getting beat unless he gets caught, which can always happen in this sport. All right, so let's move on to another fight. And as a whole, I don't think this is the best card or the one that's the highest profile. Obviously, with Bones Jones fighting, that's the headliner there. But I'm really excited to watch Derek Lewis fight again. Derek Lewis, minus 230, taking on Alir Latifi, who is plus 195. And Derek Lewis has knockout power. But the thing that's ingrained in my mind with Derek Lewis is his last fight when he was getting an armbar submission against him. And I'm sitting there in the entire bar as everyone's waiting for this guy's arm to snap in half. And we're like, oh, my God, don't do it. And then he gets out of it, and you're like, oh, my God, I love this guy. It was incredible there. Um, looking at Latifi, he's moving to heavyweight, coming off back-to-back light heavyweight losses. And the big thing for me that I'm curious about, is Latifi just a gatekeeper? Um, is Derek Lewis a gatekeeper? Yeah. I think no, is, Lati- is Latifi a oh. gatekeeper? Because Lewis is on an ascension, but this is the type right. of fight that you see where it's like, all right, not a big name. And here's a guy who's supposed to do something. Here's a guy coming off back-to-back losses, moving up a weight class. So he's not exactly in the best flow here. So it's like, hey, we need him to get a win. But guess what? There's been plenty of fighters who have been in a position to say, listen, you need to get a win to keep moving up the thing. And then all of a sudden they lose to someone like this. And you're like, what in the world just happened? Like you thought there was something promising here. And I'm curious because Latifi isn't exactly lighting the world on fire right now, which is why I use more of the gatekeeper of a he's supposed to not win this fight and Lewis is yeah so I, I saw an interview with with Derek Lewis um it was a couple of weeks back and he basically said the only reason he took the fight is because Latifi called him out now there are Lewis has been really active here the last five years I mean he's fought a lot of the top guys so it might have also been you know a situation where guys he hadn't fought were booked up and you know, something to that extent. But what I liked, you know, I liked him getting out of that submission that you mentioned. But what I most liked about Derek Lewis the last time out is he clearly, you could tell by just looking at him, you can see it in his face, how he definitely lost like 25 pounds. He's been working with a nutritionist. You know, he's bitching about no cheeseburgers and fries, meaning he really hadn't had them. And he, I think he, as he's getting older and he had had those back issues for a couple of years, I think he's realized, look, I got to get serious about this stuff because I think he's always just kind of eaten what he wants to and gotten by on his athleticism and his power. And it really seems like he's taken this a lot more serious now. In fact, I was shocked when it was a split decision. I thought he won that fight, uh, the last fight out. I thought he won it handily. And I was really annoyed, especially for about five when I was worried I was going to lose. But, um, yeah, I like Lewis in this fight if you want to put him in a parlay with um, Jones. Now, I don't like to lay prices north of minus 200. So what I like is the prop bet for Lewis to win by KO. Instead of laying a minus one two, or I'm sorry, minus 240, minus 250, you can just lay a minus 125 price for him to win by KO. And that's what I like on this fight for Lewis. Um, now, I, look, Latifi has big-time power. And he's a good grappler wrestler, but 
I think Lewis will overpower him in those in those if they get into the clinch or whatever. And um, you know, Latifi's definitely got a puncher's chance, but Lewis has got a great chin. He's in shape. He looks good. This fight is going to be Lewis's. So any parlays, include him. And I like the prop for him to win by knockout at minus one twenty-five. One little nugget to add on Derek Lewis, four-inch height and six-inch reach advantage, always something that is good for fighters. All right. We've got a women's flyweight championship. We've got Valentina Shvedchenko, minus 1175, huge favorite, taking on, and I'm going to need your help on this name, Caitlin Chukagan, or something close you to did. that, plus 825. Oh, yeah, very close to uh, Kagan, but you were very close. To Kagan, I even had that enunciated, and I was like, wait a second, I'm trying to read what I just wrote. Nonetheless, no, no. here's the first thing that came on my mind with this one. I think to our last podcast that we did on the card, and Macy Barber, here's someone who is highly touted, huge favorite, and all of a sudden, I think she was a 7-1 to one favorite and lost. So now we're looking at someone who's an even bigger favorite here, Shvedchenko is one of the top in the women's division. She has lost to Amanda Nunes twice, but that was in a different weight class. But other than that, she's had two straight title defenses as champion. So I'm curious your thoughts on this, particularly from a no one's really interested in laying minus 1175. So she's going to be someone who's in parlays or you might choose her by decision, something like that. Yeah, and, and, you know, even those prop bets are um, still pretty expensive. You know, even if, uh, for Shevchenko to win by knockout, I mean, you're still um, looking at minus, what, like 400, I'm looking right here. Yeah, I mean, you're still very, very expensive. So, um, if anything, you maybe look at, at the under – um, under four and a half rounds is, is a plus 165 return if you're really bullish on Shevchenko. Now, I will point out Chukagian ha has not um, ever been beaten by KO, and um, she is 6-2 and two in the UFC, both of her losses by split decision, but also I'll say all of her UFC fights have gone to decision, so she's got a pretty good chin. So, But, but this is going to be a five-rounder, um, she has gone five rounds one other time. Uh, I think Shevchenko wins. Um, I, I'm, I think I'll probably get a small taste of um, under four and a half rounds for a pretty nice payout in the plus 165 range. Um, Shevchenko is just the best at 125, and we all know Amanda is just period. And both of Shevchenko's fights with her, one was a split decision, and the other one was a very close decision. I, I think it was 48-47 on all three cards. There might have been 149-46. But, um, you know, look, they're, they're probably going to end up doing a Shevchenko-Nunez three. I don't know if they'll do it after this one, maybe one more. But anyhow, um, I think Shevchenko wins, and I think under four and a half is the best way to bet. All right, so uh, one thing that we love to do – on the show is something called the Big Mick Moneyline Parlay of the Week. And what we do for Big Mick is we say, all right, our goal in this bet is only to get a win. And with the card and the fights that we just talked about, there's a lot of 
uh, high favorites. So I'm like, all right, what does a Bones Jones Shevchenko money line parlay look like? You know what it is? A $10 bet pays out just $3.37. So I'm like, all right, I need some action here. Like, is that really what I'm going to do? And I'm like, no, what if we add Derek Lewis to this? So now Jones, Shevchenko plus Derek Lewis parlay, a $10 bet pays $9.19. Now we are talking. So for me, my big Mick Moneyline parlay of the week, Jones, Shevchenko, Derek Lewis, it is very chalky. But guess what? I want to have a vested interest in this fight. Uh, I'm at least a fan of Lewis and Jones, so I want to root for them. So why not have a vested interest in the 11-1 to favorite there? I'm curious, what action will you be laying down, or do you have a big Mick Moneyline parlay you'd like to add? I just want to – I'm sorry to piggyback off you, brother, but I'm just going to co-sign on yours, man. I like those three as well. Um, I, I can't believe it's still a slight minus, but that's okay. It's almost an even money bet. Um, you know, I, I definitely lean to Mirsad Bektik in a featherweight fight. Um, and I know if you threw him in, he's only around minus 130 to minus 140. Um, that would certainly help your payout. But I like yours for sure. If there was another one, um, if somebody wanted to get a little better payout, um, Mirsad Bektik, uh, he, he's facing uh, Dan Ige. Now, Ige's on a four-fight winning streak. But uh, Bektik uh, is 6-2 and two in the UFC, and um, his losses were to Josh Emmett and Darren Elkins, who are two studs. And uh, I just looked at his, his resume, and I just feel like he's t- faced better competition, competition than EJ, EJ, excuse me. And uh, so I, I like Bektik, but um, that's just making it a better payout. I think you're Big Mickey, if that's what you called it. I think is a winner. Didn't you have a winner on the last uh, pay-per-view? On your, well, your- so yeah, the, the last one I did, I did Connor and I Moneyline parlayed them with the Chiefs. So, and that was oh, in, that's right. I believe that was, I don't remember if it was that, the Texans game or the Texans. Titans game. Yeah, one of those two. But nonetheless, that's what I'm looking at here. I think one of the challenges right now is we're recording this uh, on Thursday and – if I'm going to look ahead to the fight, I would probably be playing some NBA or college basketball uh, action to parlay this. And a lot of those lines aren't out yet to do it. So we're sort of working with what we've got right here. So, Brian, I love jamming UFC with you. Where can everybody connect with you? I'm on Twitter at uh, Vegas B. Edwards is my handle. Um, you can find my picks uh, at VegasInsider.com and BrianEdwardsSports.com, and Brian is with an I. And you can read a lot of my articles at uh, MajorWager.com. And if you want to follow that uh, Twitter account, I, I'm, I'm always tweeting a lot of NBA injury information on a daily basis. And that uh, Twitter account for Major Wager is at MajorWagerUno, U-N-O. And uh, Rob, man, I always fun chopping it up with you. I appreciate you having me, man. And I want to hear from you. What action are you going to have on this UFC card? Are you going to have a big Mick Moneyline parlay of the week going? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy and make sure to use hashtag sharp 600 and be part of our community. And also make sure to tag at covers. And I really appreciate all the love everyone's been showing by giving us a rating and review 
on iTunes. When you show us love, we will show you love back on the show. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management.